Hi, good day. Nick Favrick here, Bredesian Life Sciences. I'm here with Mike Swingman, the Senior Technical Services Manager here. And today we're going to talk about the phosphorus management in your starter and a VLT5 liquid. Hi, Mike. Hi, guys. Um, you know, I'm really excited to talk about phosphorus management when it comes to starter fertilizers. Um, I feel that starter fertilizers is kind of a, a underutilized tool or an underappreciated tool and how do we get the most out of that investment when you're going out and planting those seeds and doing your work in the spring? Because, you know, we're planting corn or we're planting beans, we're using a starter fertilizer, we're putting that seed in a hostile environment when it comes to phosphorus availability. Those soils are cool and wet. Uh, that plant doesn't have the capacity to grow, doesn't have the root structure really be able to efficiently take up nutrients. So we have to keep it a nutrient, especially like phosphorus which is so critical to early plant development and that early trajectory root growth, really available to the plants so we can maximize our investment down the road. So Mike, I've heard different things in the market. Uh, from, a, from a grower perspective, what challenge, challenges do they face with phosphorus application? Well, phosphorus as a whole is really a big chemistry problem, right? Like we have a lot of soils where the pH is out of line, it's out of, it's out of our ideal range that makes phosphorus most available. We've been mining our soils of phosphorus for a long time. So we have things like low soil test P levels. We have pHs that are either way below six or way above seven. And all these things create some issues when it comes to phosphorus availability. Because when you apply phosphorus to the soil, um, it wants to complex with other nutrients or other cations. Okay, Mike, you just said the word complex. What the heck does that mean? Well, we normally talk about fixation, right? And, and, and one of the things we're trying to clear up is a lot of terminology. And we talk about fixation, we talk about nitrogen. And, and what really happens to nutrients when we apply them in the soil, they get complex with other things. They get, they get brought together. So when you bring phosphorus in soils negatively charged, it'll have cations that are attracted to it. And when those cations bond to it, it becomes complex. You get enough of those cations bonded to it strong enough, long enough the phosphorus returns to its native state, which is rock. And, and the more the extreme the pH, the more extreme the soil test P level is to the low side, the faster that happens because of all the cations are there, they're just floating around in those exchange sites. Okay, you introduced another word, Mike, cations. So what does that actually practically mean in the, in the soils that our growers are in? Well, if you go back to your high school chemistry class, cations are positively charged ions. So when you look at what's in the soil, um, you know, typically we look at things like iron, aluminum, zinc's a cation, calcium, magnesium, and depending on where we're at on the pH scale, so if we're on the low end, we're going to see a lot of interactions of phosphorus with iron and aluminum. If we're on that high pH end, we're going to see a lot of interaction of phosphorus with calcium and magnesium. Um, I threw zinc in there because zinc's the one that um, needs to be with it because those two things need to travel in pairs. And we need, but we need to make sure they don't get complex so neither one of them are unavailable to the plant. Okay, Mike, you shared a lot about kind of the chemistry problem. How does this all, all tie back to the grower who's thinking about starting their season off with a starter and phosphorus? So when you think about phosphorus we apply um, in that situation, we're probably looking at, you know, 25 to 30% of that phosphorus is available at any given time. And we really need to max that number up. Like you're spending money to to use phosphorus more efficiently and really get out there. And when we look at those situations, we really need to do their, our best to level that up. So when we add a product like Avail, uh, Avail T5 in, in furrow, 
we really look at increasing that availability by on average about 45 percent and mike you're starting to kind of go there now so you highlighted some soil chemistry problems of phosphorus and the challenges growers may face with the phosphorus availability what solutions are out there now for a grower to consider for phosphorus management well i just mentioned avail t5 right you got a little ahead of myself in this whole process and it really avail t5 is our flagship solution it's our it's our brand new polymer technology that acts as an exchange resin which helps complex those those cations to the exchange resin but not to the phosphorus we apply like i said it increases that availability on average about 45 percent we look at inferral uses um, we're looking at about a, <clears throat> a five and a half or six bushel increase in yield across multiple years of trials of an ROI of about 3.4x to 1. Um, when we think about how that works, we're, we're really using that negatively charged exchange resin to bond those cations to it, protecting the phosphorus away from it, and keeping those cations available to plant through, through exchangeable hydrogens. So we're really not holding anything away from the plant. We're really just kind of holding things together in one place. We're, we're putting everything in one bucket or, or one, a one-stop shop in a way for the plant to use it. Um, and you know, with that solubility increase too, it really helps us move that phosphorus towards the riddle a little bit more and, and really helps us maximize our phosphorus investment going into the spring. Okay, so Veiled T5, is this a proven technology or new in 2020? So it's a new technology built on a proven platform, right? Like, so we had the Avail technology. It's, it's got years of data, you know, 509 data points that built the mega, metadata analysis. When we moved to the Avail T5 Palmer, we wanted to fix a few of the rough edges, right? Like we wanted to even out performance across a wider range of pHs. We wanted to build, bring in a polymer that, was a, that would give us the ability to bolt things onto it later, give us more shape, give us more ability to have a higher or higher uh, effective charge. And we did that with the T5 polymer. It's three-dimensional in shape and it increases effective charge from eight to 24%. And it really helps us with the longevity and durability of that product throughout the growing season. Okay, Mike, that's, I think that's very helpful. So the technology sounds like proven technology, improved technology, next generation technology. That's good, but what about field performance, field proof? Can you highlight that? You know, in the last couple of years, uh, you know, over um, almost 25 sites across the Midwest, when we look at the Avail T5 data in furrow, we're seeing, a, like I said, close to a five and a half, six bushel increase in yield, that 3.3x ROI um, across a lot of ranges of conditions, right? A lot of states, a lot of soil types, a lot of planting conditions. Um, a 79% win rate, like that's pretty realistic when we think of how things work in the fertility world. That's a pretty strong number of win rates. Um, this, this product is proven in the lab, it's proven in the field, it's backed by 12 years and 509 data points in its legacy product, it's just an improvement. Um, it's really kind of one of those things that I think really makes the difference between a great year and a bad year because you set those roots off on the right trajectory to be to have the capacity to take in nutrients later on this season. Excellent. Thanks. All right. So that, that helps understand. So Don, it sounds like it's a proven technology, proven field performance. So how do you use it? So it's really simple, right? It's not a product that we have to treat at the fertilizer plant. You can grab a two and a half gallon jug. You can take it out to your farm when you're filling a starter. 
you mix it at a half gallon per 100 gallons of starter volume. It doesn't take long to agitate it. Like if you just shake your planter around a little bit, if you don't have agitation, it's gonna be fine. If you have agitation, just agitate it for a minute. Stay, it, it stays in formulation across a wide range of starter formulations. I know we have a lot of starter, different starter uses, but when we think about how that works out, like we really stay in true form. Um, if it sits for a week, you might have to agitate again, but you know, it's one of those things that you can easily mix. It's a volume to volume rate, so you don't have to worry about how many acres you're treating or if you change fertilizer rates or what have you. If you're variable rating your starter, it's a perfect platform to do that. It's just really easy to use. It's clean, it's simple. Um, and, and just all you do is dump it in the tank. Okay, so thanks for sharing how you apply it. Sounds pretty straightforward. Uh, so once you've applied it, what are some early signs in the field that the product's working? You know, it, really getting out in the field in that first 30 days after planting is when you're going you're gonna to see the most visual growth. And the reason for that is the plants are smaller than you. Right, like that growth criteria, that growth difference will stay later on. But once corn gets above your head, I mean, it's only gonna get to like five foot eight for that to happen to me. Like I don't see differences anymore. But if you get out in that first thirty days, real some real simple things to do. Go do things like do do a really accurate stand count. Calculate your net effective stand percentage. Dig up some plants. Look at the difference in plant stature and roots. Right. Look at the difference in, in the girth of the stock. The, the total volume of the roots that they, they take up. Here's what I can tell you from all my experience as agronomist. Little roots early never turn to big roots late. Big roots early can turn to small roots late, but it really takes a lot of other things to happen. But we never get those little root systems that struggle early on turn into huge, massive root systems that really drive yield later on. It's important to set that trajectory. And if you go out and dig up some plants, take some time, you're gonna see the difference. And when you see the difference, when you get there with the combine, you're gonna remember what you saw. All right, Mike, so I think you brought us a lot. You talked about the grower needs, the product, some, the solution here, the field performance. Let's make it down real simple. So you're in a Casey's gas station, you got a grower next to you, you got about 15 seconds before he buys his water. How would you convey a Vale's value to them? I'd ask them what the value of their starter investment is to them. Not the number they spend, but the value. And then I'd ask them, how would they like to get 20 or 30 or 40% more out of that? How would they like to get two or three bushels more by making that investment more, more viable for them? And, and, and take back some of that money gets laid on the table, right? Because sometimes making our, our budgets and farming isn't about the money we spend. It's about the money we it's about the money we generate with the money we spend. You know, I don't know a grower on the face of the planet that doesn't want an extra five, six bushel of corn. Especially for an investment like a Bale T five. You can do that, you can have that conversation with the grower. I, I think it brings it to a, a point where they understand what they're talking about and then they want to hear the science. So that thirty second conversation, that thirty second sound bite turns into a five minute conversation in the parking lot. And, and it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely, that is a beautiful thing as we think about the Casey's gas station, that breakfast pizza, and that conversation you just had on the mail. Well, let's wrap it up today with uh, four frequently asked questions that we've, uh, we've received at Verdesian. Um, so one from a grower, hey, I'm already using orthophosphate. I don't need, I don't need a veil. 
Well, an orthophosphate is, you know, it's going to have some advantages over an ammonium phosphate, right? But once they're getting the soil, it's still going to it's still going to face the same challenges. So, we've seen equal performance when we've looked at, you know, 80% orthos, 100% orthos, 30% orthos. When we start mixing those around, we see the same performance as we would in APP, right? And so like I don't think phosphorus source really matters because once you get in the soil it all it's all the same thanks mike appreciate that on ortho um, another question you might face from a grower is i got a set budget for my starter well i i get it right like i've never known a grower to not say this is what i spend on starters this is top dollar i understand that um but my suggestion would be to try it right um split a field uh do some strip trials. Try it on your own for a year. But if you really want to go in, pull half gallon, three quarters of a gallon, a gallon out of that starter mix, put your put your veil in. And we see the same performance at a gallon less. You're going to get sold on the product's performance. You think about that nice starter investment there. Compatibility always comes up. Can you comment on compatibility with the veil? You know, first, it's very compatible with the starter sources, right? Uh, the second, it's very compatible with the other things you might add into it, whether it's a plant growth regulator, whether it's our takeoff technology, whether it's a fungicide, whether it's a, a, an infra insecticide, or any other kind of biostimulant category. Like, we don't really have any trouble um, with any of those products. Now, if that sits for a couple weeks, yeah, you're going to see some issues, right? Like, you're going to see some things. But that's because you have a lot of stuff in the stew. In the stew. Just mix it up and, and things will be okay. Right. Last question we have here. What's the situation I should not use a veil in my starter program? Um, I, I don't like to say always, all the time, everywhere. But I, I haven't found a lot of situations where I don't think this is the case. Um, your yield response might not be as big as others in certain situations, but you're always going to realize that yield response. The thing I know about planting corn is we're pushing the envelope on colder and wetter earlier all the time. And we need to give those roots the best opportunity to be the, the most effective root system they can. And that comes from getting phosphorus into the plant early. And that's going to help us with cold stress. It's going to help us with drought stress. It's going to help us with, you know, just getting that plant off to a good start. Like, we only have one shot to establish the best stand possible. Mike, thanks for your time today. Great talk. Thank you.